Today is the 1st of December 2021. Now is the time for us to train our minds. And this that we call the mind, the jitta, is that which knows sense impressions. And the untrained mind is deluded and lost and thinks that the mind is a me or a you. But in truth, this mind is that which knows sense impressions is the natural element of knowing. Its duty is to know sense impressions. That's its function. And if the knowing element knows sense impressions without wisdom, then it clings to them. The worldly winds of praise and blame, pleasure and pain, fame and disrepute, loss and gain arise. These are things that having been born into the world that all beings must meet with these eight worldly winds. And one without mindfulness and wisdom gets lost in them, clings to them, and in the end must die all the same. So one should think and contemplate that everything in life that one gains and meets with, in the end, one must throw it all away, discard it all. That everything that one has in the world is all temporary. And if one just lies around and doesn't do anything, one uh, dies all the same, because this body is constantly degrading, degenerating. The days and nights are constantly arising and ceasing and the body is constantly decaying and degrading. So one does goodness and one has to die. One does demerit and one dies. One does nothing and one dies. So one recollects death in this way and contemplates to bring about heedfulness. This is a teaching of the Buddha before the Buddha attained to Parinibbana, where the Buddha discarded the five khandhas, these khandhas of physical form, feeling, perception, formations, and consciousness. And this term Parinibbana means final Nibbana. And this is uh, something of the highest goodness, the highest merit. And the Buddha didn't need merit anymore. He taught the Dhamma with a pure heart and he had no need to develop or cultivate anything any longer. He taught for 45 years and his body was tired at that point, but he accomplished his mission. So we have this very good fortune, this good fortune of the very highest type to have faith and this faith is something that's not easy to find. This faith and belief in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha is something that's not easy to come by at all. It's something that we've built already in the past to have this faith, this faith and belief in doing goodness. For example, sharing one's material wealth. One sets aside a portion to care for one's mother and father, care for oneself care for one's children, one's relatives, setting aside a portion for times of illness, 
and one sets aside a portion for doing uh, goodness and merit. And so one separates one wealth in different portions like this. And this is something that the Buddha did in the past, in a past life when the Buddha was a farmer. He found gold in his field and he used that gold and separated it out into portions to use uh, for benefit in various ways. So one with a lot of wealth can act in the same way. But one without faith is not able to do this. They have a lot of wealth and then they cling to that and don't share it. And then they die without any benefit. So one with faith builds goodness, does acts of merit. Then this merit is with us, with our minds. It's not anywhere else because this happiness this merit is happiness in the heart and mind. And when we gain this happiness in the heart, then we try to do merit even more before our body degrades and falls apart, before we get sick and then we're not able to do anything. And this merit is something that's very high. If one takes a thousand individuals that practice merit and generosity, out of those thousand individuals, there may be just one that has virtue. So one with virtue is hard to find. And if one takes a thousand individuals that observe the five precepts, then out of those thousand individuals, there may be just one who follows the eight precepts. So following the eight precepts is hard to find. And then one who follows the eight precepts out of that group, it's hard to find one who has the faith to ordain and follow the celibate life just for one month. That's something that's hard to find. It's not easy to find at all. To find one who is intent to practice the holy life, the celibate life, it's something that's very difficult to find. Then one who practices the Dhamma already, one who practices and actually understands the way to practice to bring the mind to peace is very hard to find. So for ourselves, we have incredible good fortune that we're able to listen to the Dhamma of the great teachers such as Lumpu Man, Lungta Mahabua, Lumpu Cha. And then we have this faith and understanding of the way to realize freedom from suffering then we're capable of practicing to realize the end of suffering. So we practice generosity, virtue, and meditation. And we practice this meditation, this mental cultivation to give rise to clarity in our knowing element, in our minds, in the present. not to have the mind chase after things here and there. So we train the minds in this way. We train this knowing element. So for this mind to know clearly, then we train ourselves in samadhi. And first we start with having sila, having virtue. And the highest benefit of having virtue is the arising of samadhi then samadhi that we've trained well in gives rise to wisdom. 
And with the arising of wisdom, we're able to cure the suffering in our hearts, which means cutting off the defilements, abandoning the defilements. This is the highest benefit. We can look at the example of Venerable Yasa, who was a son of a very wealthy family. And he practiced and trained his mind very well in his last life. He had practiced generosity already, which was the cause for him to be born into a very wealthy family. He had practiced virtue already, which was a cause for him to have a handsome or beautiful form. And he had practiced samadhi already, which was a cause for him to see his retinue as not beautiful, something unattractive. And when he listened to the Buddha, he was able to understand about generosity and virtue and his mind felt very joyful and full regarding the goodness and merit that he had done. And for Dhamma practitioners, they have a feeling in their heart that they want to practice merit all the time, practice goodness. For instance, when I was a lay person, I wanted to do acts of merit constantly because I had this faith in merit and goodness. I wanted to practice goodness to bring the heart to feel at ease, to feel happy. And this practice of merit did bring a lot of happiness to my mind, gave rise to ha rapture and happiness and fullness in the heart. I would practice the five precepts, the eight precepts, listen to the Dhamma. This would give rise to fullness and happiness in my heart. And at this time, one would say that my mind was like a deva, like a heavenly being, with this rapture arising in the mind. So we understand a mind like this is the mind of a deva, a heavenly being. And if the rapture comes to one-pointedness, then this is the mind of a Brahma deity. But if it's not yet to one-pointedness, the rapture and happiness is there, but without one-pointedness, we say it's the mind of a deva. This fullness and happiness in the mind. And one may ask oneself, well, I have wealth, now what should I do with it? And the answer comes in one's own mind that one wishes to do merit and goodness. One doesn't want to keep the worldly wealth anymore because one sees that one must die. So this is the way to develop one's mind to be higher and higher. Then one sees or asks oneself, oh, would practicing samadhi, would that be good? One sees that practicing samadhi would be even better because everything that one finds in the world, one can't take with oneself when one dies. So is finding and seeking out worldly wealth, is it just a waste of time? This is, brings to mind what the Buddha taught to a group of Brahmins who were seeking after some material wealth that thieves had stolen. And the Buddha asked them, well, what are you seeking? And they said, we're seeking our belongings that have been stolen. And the Buddha said, well, wouldn't it be better to seek out your own mind? And listening to the teachings of the Buddha, they were all able to attain arahanship, full awakening. Just like Venerable Yasa, he was unable to understand deeply the teachings of the Buddha. 
listening to the first discourse, he understood the Four Noble Truths, that clinging is the cause for suffering to arise. Understanding this, his mind became empty. He saw clearly that the truth of not-self, his mind became empty and luminous. He saw the Dhamma. Then upon listening to the second discourse from the Buddha, he was able to realize full awakening, arahantship. This is because of parami, spiritual virtues, that he had cultivated already. <clears throat> so we may ask, well, when I listen to the Dhamma, why don't I realize awakening in this way? It's because we must train ourselves first. We have to train our minds and practice and teach our minds, and then we're able to achieve as well. No one has to be truly intent and truly put one's heart into the practice, really set one's heart on the practice, <clears throat> and to practice well before one gets sick or before one meets with various dangers. so that the mind can understand clearly the nature of the body and ask, well, why do I take this body as a self? It's because of a lack of wisdom. And why is there a lack of wisdom? It's because there's a lack of samadhi. And why isn't there samadhi? It's because there's a lack of virtue. So therefore one should try to practice generosity, sacrifice, try to practice virtue, try to practice samadhi. So this is something that one must be able to do, to train the heart, to practice restraint and control over the heart. And for monastics, they have a lot of time to practice. And for the laity, there are many who are truly intent in their Dhamma practice as well. And it's possible for laity to see the Dhamma as well. This happens to understand the Dhamma deeply and if one practices as a lay person, one may not think that the experience of Dhamma will arise in one's mind. But one meditates, rapture and happiness arise. And there comes a time where the mind gathers together and sees clearly into the truth of reality, sees clearly into the Dhamma. And when this happens, rapture arises very greatly. And it can go on for three days and three nights something that one may not have thought was possible before to have rapture sustained for such a period. One feels a great fullness in the heart, a great brightness and joy because of this understanding of the Dhamma. So we see that we have this quality of faith, faith in practicing generosity, which is clear. And so therefore, it's something that we must be able to do. We must be able to practice. There are many great teachers who have already realized our hunship and attained to Nibbana, entered Nibbana already, a great number. But their teachings are still here. And what they taught us is to follow their teachings, to follow in their footsteps. So for the lady, may you try to do this. May you build goodness to be intent, to be able to see the Dhamma. This is that which is the best, to bring the mind to the highest, 
to true purity, to realize uh, true freedom. <laughs>